0: This is Disabled Girls Who Lift. We are reclaiming what's rightfully ours, one podcast at a time. It's Mary Beth, Chloe, and Marcia, bringing you the thoughts and unpopular topics to get you out of that ablest comfort zone. Welcome, folks, to another episode of Disabled Girls Who Live. Happy to have you on the podcast, hanging out with us. This is Marcia in so-called Florida, Seminole Tribe land. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) So-called. I heard somebody say that once, and I was like, I'm going to use that. All right. (laughs) I love it. Introduce yourself, Mary Beth. I'm done talking.
1: Hey, y'all. It's Mary Beth from the California. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, sitting on O oh Lonely Land um, here in Northern California, uh, we are super delighted to be inviting uh, Katie Norton, who is our guest today. She's over in Massachusetts, Massachusetts, uh, 21-year-old college student majoring in business, powerlifter, super passionate about her advocacy for people with disabilities and yeah, we're just so happy to have you, Katie, because there aren't very many powerlifters out there. So I'm trying to find them.
2: Yeah, thank you guys so hard. much for me on today. I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I am a powerlifter. I am hard of hearing. I'm an advocate, and I'm so excited to talk to you guys today all about it.
0: Yeah. Lovely, we're glad to have you on. So this is a first for us. So I you know, I wanna thank you for having the patience to kind of work with us because you are, like you said, hard of hearing, and this is a video audio speaking format. And I'm, I have no idea how that feels or works. So thank you for trying to figure it out with us and making it work. Um, but the powerlifting thing, I'm a little curious where did you find out about powerlifting and how long have you been doing it?
2: Yeah, so I guess I'll talk a little bit about my lifting background and how I got into powerlifting. So I grew up playing soccer um, all throughout my middle school and high school. I grew up playing a soccer player and I was a goalie and I loved it. However, I found that it was very anxiety inducing for me in the position of goalie because of just how much pressure is like on me the whole time. So, and but I still loved being active. I loved moving my body, but I wanted something where I felt more in control of what would happen because I would feel like if we lost a game, that would be my fault. So then I found lifting senior year of high school. I would just go to the gym a couple of times a week, and I was slowly finding myself in the gym. I started to become more confident, more happy with the way I looked. My body image changed completely. And then in college, I joined the powerlifting team at my school, UMass Amherst, and um, I haven't looked back since. So I've been powerlifting since my freshman year of college, and I'm now a junior.
0: Sweet. So there was actually a powerlifting team at your college and you just showed up like, hey.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was um they kind of marketed it as oh like you don't need any experience or if you have a bunch of experience there's a place for you so there's really just a place for everyone on the team and it was very nerve nerve nerve-wracking for me at first to join a sport really that I didn't know anything about but the team was so welcoming a bunch of people took me under their wing and I hope that when we go back to school in the fall I'll be able to take some of the younger team members under my wing so I can kind of help them the way other people help me
0: dang that's awesome I wish I had a powerlifting team so that wasn't (laughs) that wasn't cool yet when I was in college it was like a fleeting thought like oh we have a deadlift platform I guess we could have a team but nothing ever happened
1: yeah (laughs) it's beautiful to see how much it's grown and do you think, too, the segue from because, I mean, Marcy and I both also came from soccer, the segue from, I guess, having the power in the lower body or just strength in general, minus the speed in that you kind of take a little bit of the speed out. Um, did you find that fairly easy for you?
2: Yeah, um, I say I definitely was very lucky that I came in already with lower body strength and muscle in my legs. So that definitely helped me with the squat and the deadlift. But I was based from upper body wise, I was starting from the ground up. I had pretty much no upper body strength because with soccer, they focused a lot more on conditioning and being in shape rather than muscular. So, and I think it also could be really helpful for high school sports teams to start getting in the gym and weightlifting too, because there's so many women out there who are just so terrified of getting into the weight section because it's such a male dominated activity. And I feel like it could be so great if athletic trainers helped women in the gym, especially in at an age where they're still finding themselves, you know?
0: Definitely. I'm, I will always be salty that in high school, if you played on the men's basketball or football team, you automatically got an elective weightlifting class. Mm. You got to have a class period to going to the gym. But yeah. you were on women's basketball, volleyball, soccer, whatever, it was just like, oh yeah, run laps during practice. Oh, why mm-hmm. is your knee hurt? I don't know do crunches do jumping jacks That's <laughs> like all you get. okay I would have been a monster if I had lifted weights back then can you imagine me defending a ball with some massive quads just would <laughs> yes. fucking explode the soccer balls are you kidding me <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm thinking back and now I'm realizing there actually was a weight class like there were multiple gym class options and I don't think there was a single girl who did the weight class no I thinking about yeah. it no yeah. yeah, even
1: if we were in sports even no. if we were athletic we weren't like even
0: considered no i'm sports. telling you it was automatic oh football all right you can take weightlifting. all the football players are in period three da, 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 da. Mm. yeah
1: wow yeah it well, doesn't I mean, make any well, sense for the end of my soccer journey in high school they started letting us in to use uh the lower body weight machines only <laughs> yeah <laughs> why not, three? Why not have the three weights and the barbells and wow yeah. well just like you we didn't you know touch a barbell until college <laughs> yeah.
0: and it's such a shame because especially at that age you're growing rapidly you're putting a massive demand on your body and you've got no strength behind it like mm-hmm. there's so many injuries that could be avoided with just a little a little muscle yeah, yeah. a little control
2: Yeah, and like in high school and college, too, like so many women are insecure about their body, a lot of and for me personally, lifting changed the way that I think about my body, my relationship with food, the way I take care of myself. And I don't know how many lives it could really change for women if they were able to get in the gym and kind of help them solve those problems that could be avoided, you know.
0: That is so true. That is yeah. amazingly true. So the first time that you actually decided to lift a weight, because you're powerlifting now and you found the team and that's cool. But I'm curious, speaking about body image, the first time you were like, I'm going to lift weights. Did you think to yourself, oh, I need to tone up and lose weight? Or were you like powerlifting? Yeah. From the start.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. It was, um, I'm going to spend 40 minutes on the treadmill and then I'm yep. going to do ab circuit. And I'm going to get... <laughs> biggest butt ever. And I'm going to be so tall with a flat stomach. That was, (sighs) I literally, my first workout, I went on Pinterest, and I looked up Pinterest ab workout. And I there was like this PDF printable thing with like little images of like some girl doing some ab circuit and then like Whoa. one tricep exercise and like looking back well obviously I didn't know anything so like I looked to the internet and that's what I found but also maybe that shouldn't be the first thing that pops up in search history when you're looking up yeah. how to work out because you're wasting I wasted probably a year of lifting just doing those exercises just doing no
0: absolute bullshit absolutely and the funniest part is you see these like lovely quote unquote toned thin or or nowadays fit thick slim thick but at the end of the day they're not doing these jumpy workouts to look that way they're doing squats Mm -hmm. why don't they just post the squats
2: (laughs) and i i also see like on social media too there's these fit chicks who have like millions of followers and they write in their captions showing you the hard work today like this isn't always Instagram perfect when I'm doing my squats it's like no that's the real work like I want to see that I don't want to see your random circuits like I want to see you putting in the work sweating breathing heavy like that's where the yeah. games are you know so I feel like there's and that's exactly like with why with my social media, I'm showing my powerlifting sets and I'm showing me literally out of breath because that's how you build muscle and that's how you get strong.
1: That's yeah. beautiful. And when you joined that powerlifting team, how many women were in it?
2: Um, I think it's, there's about 70 people on the team. I would say Whoa. Dang. 10, 15 girls if that it's very very male dominated however a lot of the men on the team are very you know welcoming they want more women on the team too they love having the girls because it shows like the rest of UMass and everyone else girls can lift too and girls can just be as strong as boys they put in the work too and we work hard so yeah it's very very male dominated I would say yeah
1: that's for damn straight that's awesome 70 people that's a lot I, that's a whole ass meat
0: like, yeah that's a meat on a its meet own <laughs> with compete. those people do you compete against other schools how does the team work is it more of a club or is it like a sports competition
2: Yeah, so it's definitely more of a club. However, we kind of just call ourselves a team because it is a very team atmosphere. Like we hype each other up in the gym. However, powerlifting is such an individual sport. Everyone is on their own programs with their own coaching and everyone has different needs. So it wouldn't make sense for it to be just like a one size fits all type of thing, but we do do, um, meets together. Like we'll all sign up for the same meet and the rest of the team will go out and support each other. They also have, um, people who will handle you which basically just means that they'll take care of you and they'll make sure that you're on the right track during the meet and stuff but it's such a community and I'm so happy I joined because it just really made me feel secure as a woman in sports to know that I have this whole community around me when I walk into the gym and it's just such a welcoming community.
1: That's great and That's I know there's awesome. like collegiate competitions too I mean up here in the Bay like we competed against San Jose sometimes do you have any nearby you in Massachusetts?
2: Yeah there's there's Massachusetts hosts more local meets because we are a smaller state but um I think there's nationals this year in like Baton Rouge right. and um in Florida too so like the bigger states will hold the nationals competitions where you have to qualify for those. Um I'm still working my way up there, maybe senior year. I'll get there. But um yeah, nationals is definitely something that unites the powerlifting community a lot more too. That's
0: yeah, cool. but it seems like most of the or at least the college teams that I know of lift USAPL. Yeah which personally is a bummer because they're kind of trash. But besides that, the teams down here are not really like, they're club-based, right? Like, they sign up as a club at their college. They're not a sponsored sport or whatever. Um, But the, the teams that I know of have tryouts. And so if you want to compete, like, let's say UMass is going to nationals, like, you had to get the slot of your weight class Wow. to compete.
2: Wow. That's how it is
0: around me in Florida.
2: Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to have, like, a certain qualifying total to be able to make it to nationals and stuff. But because... There's like some schools where the powerlifting teams are like 300 people and they at some point have to cap that because they need to be able to provide everything that they can for their team members. So they don't want to just welcome a ton of people. But for us, we're still a relatively small club of 70 people. So we don't have the need, but it would be amazing to see mass powerlifting grow. And obviously making cuts is not a good thing, but it would be nice to be able to get to the level of, you know, having that.
1: Yeah, just more, a more competitive level yeah exactly stay on top that's great I mean with yeah. so many people
0: you'll get there no problem there's yeah. levels to that for sure if you get hundreds and hundreds of people you can't pay and help everyone you know buy a plane ticket but I don't think there's hundreds and hundreds of people down here I think period end it's like a competition to get on the team that's wild like what you yeah. said sounds nice and like lovely and you know community it sounds big, elitist but I don't yeah that's that's the vibe I mean like if you want to be on the team you have to make it and yeah. these are college teams no or that's just, the thing like, it's still a, it's still a club uh, okay because yeah. it's not the college isn't sponsoring it as a sport you're signing oh. up as a club calling yourself a powerlifting team and then how you run it from there is up to you but that's how they run it you have to uh, like. Not audition, but like you have yeah, to get a team. Out. You have to try yeah. out. There you go. There's tryouts.
2: Yeah. yeah but something yeah. also important to note, I think, would be that if you get to the level of having to have tryouts, that if I was at a school where I had to try out, I know for a fact I wouldn't have made it based on like skill-wise where I was and that I never would have found powerlifting too. So I think there is the beauty in having a small team where anyone can join because it opens up the sport to just about anyone.
0: Yeah. That's that elitism, like Mary Beth said, you don't really want that to be a barrier. Yeah. yeah.
1: unless it grows. I mean like because you think of uh, club soccer and intramural soccer, right? Right? I didn't get I didn't get into the club team at uh, college, but I still joined an, or I created an IM team together with my friends and just had a blast. So if powerlifting gets that big where you do have to try out for club powerlifting, You got to create intramural. I get what you're saying. Yeah, like community. But right now, it's just, I don't know, the way that Marcia said they're doing it in Florida, that's like still too elitist for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So they're (laughs) operating like like an elite, you know, like you said, like the club soccer team or like the travel teams you have to be really good to get on. But popularity-wise, number-wise, like you're not really there yet to shut people out. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> Katie, you mentioned something that like, I think is really a huge telling point as to how a lot of women get into powerlifting too. the fact that it's such an individual sport, right? In soccer, it is not you felt a lot of the pressures, the anxiety as a goalie, um, or just any player on a team, <laughs> versus now where your your goal is your goal, you're pushing yourself, you have your own personal records to beat. Um, like, how much of a change was that for you from a sport like soccer to powerlifting?
2: Um, I would say it's a good change and a bad change. I'll start, I think there's a lot more discipline required in an individual sport because it's up to you to train that day. It's up to you to keep your nutrition in check, keep your sleep in check because you need to succeed. Whereas with soccer you can't, or other team sports, you kind of could have slacked off a little bit in that department because your teammates are going to be there to hold you accountable. They're going to make sure you get to practice, um, all of that. But the positive with powerlifting is that I never felt like I was under any stress to perform for, for anyone. Like I lift for me. I don't lift to impress anyone. I don't lift to, I don't know. I just, I lift for me and it makes me happy. And for the first time exercising became my therapy and not just something I had to do. Like I exercise because I want to. So I definitely think that there's positive and negative positives and negatives and it really just depends on the person and what they're looking for are they looking for the team atmosphere or are they looking for like true self-development you know very true but I
1: love that you're still in some sort of a team environment so you've got your hype people your hype men your hype girls when you are about to hit a PR when you're out there on the stage that's still I think kind of a similar feeling
0: the similar like thread of community, but without the added pressure. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. But in terms of navigating either of those spaces, team sports and the individual sport of powerlifting, does the fact that you're hard of hearing make either one of those easier or harder for you?
2: Um, I'll talk about soccer and then I'll talk about powerlifting because they both yeah. had challenges when it comes to hearing loss. So for soccer, This is actually a very funny story. So I grew up playing soccer. I was a goalie and I was pretty good at it. I played club soccer um, and I really loved soccer and I really wanted to be good. In high school, I was on the JV team freshman year and I was good enough to make varsity sophomore year. And the summer between um, freshman and sophomore year, I talked to the varsity coach about me making the varsity team. And he said, yeah, you're good, but I don't want to put you on the team because of your hearing loss. And I was like, excuse me? And his reasoning was, he thought I wasn't going to be able to hear him when he was yelling commands at me from the sideline to do whatever he wanted me to do during the game. That has never, ever, ever played a part in my abilities as a player, my abilities as a person, anything. And he, I think he was just worried about accommodating someone with a disability that he just use that as an excuse but I worked really hard over the summer I passed the fitness test with flying colors and he ended up splitting the spot between me and one other girl on the team and at the end of the season I had better statistics than the girl who didn't have hearing loss and at the end he did apologize and he said Katie I'm really sorry I shouldn't have judged you based on your hearing loss so it definitely made me work harder but it's also you don't know, Say that to a person ever, you know, ever some based on disability, that mm-hmm. doesn't like show what they're capable of. So <laughs> that was that. And then with powerlifting, my first powerlifting meet, I was really, really worried about being able to hear commands because you are given commands to unrack the bar, rack the bar, press it, all of that. So think of that. And, yeah. So for squat and deadlift, it was fine because I was looking at the Head judge, so I could see the commands because they have to like move their hand to give you directions as well. But on the bench, I was lying lying flat on a bench, looking up at the ceiling. The judge is six feet behind me, so I can't see him at all while I'm pressing. So I advocated for myself. I went to the meet director at the beginning of the meet and I said, "Hey, we're, we might have to make some accommodations for me because I." don't want to be judged on my ability to hear I want to be judged on my ability to actually lift the weight so did was we had the um head judge he moved closer to me during my lifts and we decided that if I had ever missed a lift based on racking commands I would still be given the white lights for it um just because it's not my fault if I missed it. So it, it worked out really well. And for every single powerlifting meet going forward, I would definitely do that. And, you know, if there's any listeners who are also hard of hearing and powerlifters, I strongly urge you to talk to someone about it because people want to help you. You just need to give them the tools to do so. That's incredible. And
1: so much easier than like the strife that you had to go through just for the coach. Like you're having a nor- like a normal conversation with your coach and he's flat out telling you that you might have hearing problems yeah. on the field, yet you're having a conversation with him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How does that make any sense? It's like when you're playing soccer, you have no time to talk to anyone. It's two second commands. And in the position of goalie, the goalie is the one who's making the decisions on the field. The goalie is the one who's directing the players because they can see everything on the yeah, field. Exactly. I didn't need to hear in that situation. I needed to see and communicate, which as a hard of hearing person, I am yeah. better at because I am more aware of my surroundings. So if anything, he had the benefit of having me as a goalie because I was more aware of everything going on. <laughs> so, like,
0: really? Yikes. Yikes. That's pretty funny. So you haven't had any blowback in terms of powerlifting. lifting. Um, your accommodation is not something physical that you need to bring in or change the setup. It's just asking the judge to move closer.
2: Yeah, um, I think because this was a local meet, it wasn't too big of a deal to ask them to move. But I know if I ever make it to nationals or a higher level meet, If you look at videos, you can see that the judge is like the lifters are up on a stage and the judges are like either off stage or they're a lot farther back. So I think that might be a little bit more difficult, but I don't think it's anything that I wouldn't be able to handle, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, I I think it's a little different in terms of understanding what, what accommodations are when it's something like, I just need you to move closer to me versus Mary Beth. It's like, I want you to introduce something new. And use something that nobody else uses then they're like wait 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 no 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 you can't do that
1: <laughs> it's a liability
0: <laughs> that's something else no so yeah. but at the same time you have the same experience though right Mary Beth? like local it was fine uh
1: well with one federation it was fine locally and also- locally and i'm sure nationally i mean it's on the rule book that's that's a great thing about accommodations though katie just having People meet directors, uh, judges who are open-minded to hearing out what those accommodations are, mm-hmm. be it a blind powerlifter who just needs somebody to guide them to the bench or guide them to the bar, um, which is not necessarily allowed for able-bodied lifters. Um But if you don't have someone who's open minded and and is like, no, well, if you bring a second person that's cheating, we have to weigh them into. No, it's just like the logic behind some of these federation organizers just blows my mind. Like it does not make any sense.
2: Well, I think you make a really good point there. Of. So what if you have to add something to it? It's like an accommodation. is an accommodation. At the end of the day, it puts us on a level playing field with everyone else, regardless of what it is. It's not cheating. It's not trying to get a leg up. It's trying to be equal, and that's why I think people don't understand at all. That's
1: that's beautiful. That your first it was your first meet too, right? Your yeah, first local yeah. meet and first competition. Um, was a good experience that way because you can also use that as an example for any national meets international meets like hey the accommodation has been made in the past this is how we do it like you said I'm providing you the tools
2: how can you possibly say no to that right exactly and I think it also making it having it be such a positive experience really helped me in the sport too because even though I'm not someone to back away from a challenge I think that if it was a negative experience and if they had said no, maybe I wouldn't have get, wanted to do a second meet. And then uh, because COVID happened, I haven't been able to do um, right. like a second meet in person. I've done a couple mock meets in my basement, but like I definitely think that if it was a bad experience, I would continue doing mock meets in my basement even after all of this was over.
1: But was that trial and error for you? Like, did you practice commands in the gym with your team before an actual meet? Did you practice it literally in the practice room of the competition, or did you not find out until after your first attempt?
2: Yeah, at, so- in the bench was yeah. Yeah, they prepared us really well. Um, hearing, hearing, and um, hard of hearing lifters. They, are, well, I'm the only hard of hearing lifter. But they said they said there are commands and those are really really important. So they had everyone practice commands oh, and then I also a couple days before my meet my boyfriend and I we went to the gym um, and I just did commands with the bar too especially bench just to make sure that I was gonna be able to hear them and everything so that was really helpful to reassure myself that I had the extra practice
0: right That's but you, like you mentioned earlier you don't back away from a challenge like that part, that was the challenge, right? The trial and error, like, okay, how can I make this work for me? What do I need? Well, how? To, what do I need to do to make this work? Cool, but if you get there and they shut you down, like, I don't think that counts as a challenge anymore. Like, that's just a barrier, you know? Mm. Like, that's just hitting like a ceiling. Yeah. Because you did that. You you get what I mean? Like, you did all of the effort and the work already to figure out how to how to get through it. If somebody shuts you down after it, like, that's such a fucking buzzkill. You're going to be like, never mind. Yeah. (laughs) Never mind.
2: And, like, I definitely agree with that. And sometimes in that situation, you have to weigh... I I mentioned this literally in an Instagram post the other day, is like the benefit of okay is it worth it to me to not go through with this even though i put in all this effort and all this time preparing for one day or can i really say no this is what i need and i need you to do this for me because you're breaking the law and it's not right if you don't accommodate for me so it's definitely weighing the benefits and everything yeah
1: and marcia really just put me in the fields there because oh my god <laughs> It's just such like you like you even said, right, even for your soccer coach, you had to put in a lot more effort than literally everybody on the team to show that you were fucking equal yeah. to your teammates and that there would essentially be no accommodations for him to have to make for you because, um, you know, you can see see fairly clearly um, his, you know, whatever the case may be um and you had to prove a point and same with the judges it was fairly easy for them um and all of that training was like it didn't necessarily go to waste and it just made me think back to like um you know when I started powerlifting I didn't know I could lift a deadlift a certain way or bench or squat a certain way and that takes years and years of, of trial and error without um, a left hand, and um, when I finally found that product, I felt like I was finally um, on the level, on a level playing field with people in my weight class. Like I didn't have to pull deadlifts with just one arm and be like Hulk Smash, <laughs> Superwoman, which was great at the moment. But there is a, there is like a. a a roof a you know limit, there's yeah. a limit that any one person can hit <laughs> um like I made I was able to deadlift with one hand as much as like a three four hundred pound man can deadlift with one hand but there's a barrier and so when I was able to add this tool um like a, a lifting hook to my left hand essentially a prosthetic but for powerlifting. Um, and I added, you know, 50, 60, 70, even a hundred pounds to my deadlifts. I was like, fuck yes, I can compete and feel like I'm, you know, like I can have a similar total to others. I show it to coaches. I show it to my state, um, uh, what are they called? State meat directors, direct- meet directors, national, um, um, presidents, all of those great things, and boom, USAPL shuts it down. Take it to USPA, USPA accepts it, takes it back to USAPL, shuts it down again. Liability, legal, like legal issues. They bring in their lawyers. I bring in mine, and it's a fuck. It's a headache. It's a frustrating four six years of fighting back and forth, where they just tell you oh yeah, you found an accommodation. It's it's not going to work for us because we don't believe that it's safe or equal for
2: everybody else. That uh, is, that's the fact that they used a safety or a legal excuse. It's like you already accomplished so much without the accommodation. It's not cheating or anything. It's literally putting you on a level playing field. It's like, but oh it's my- not what
1: they it's not what they want to see. It's not what their viewers love. The viewers love like watching us struggle, I guess.
0: Right? I guess struggle they love either- the one hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like okay, I I can get you the views, but that's not going to be good for my body long term. It's not going to get me to where I want to be in the sport. Right?
0: No, no, that's very it's 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 very disheartening because you found you found the challenge. The challenge, like, all right, I want to deadlift with two hands. This is gonna be tough. Don't have two hands. That's my challenge. You conquered the challenge. <laughs> challenge conquered. You go to the meet. No. Fuck. <laughs> <clears throat> what? What do you mean no? Yeah,
2: what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, I went through all this trouble. And you just tell me no. Like uh- wow. wow. And obviously,
1: just you know, you work your ass off still just as much as all the other powerlifters go through the nutrition uh water cuts, meat cuts, even pay for flights to nationals, some bullshit. And hotels
2: and get turned down. <laughs> like don't ever question them for all the fees and stuff. Like, oh, tell me now you pay for everything that I had to pay for to get here. Like mm-hmm.
0: yeah, no, that's definitely some BS there. I for- I forgot about all those fees. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah but i mean but what's great though i'm not i'm not trying to like rain on your parade either it's just like it's great to see advocacy every day like it's necessary for every disability for every accommodation for trans lifters for everybody who just wants to compete um we just need to keep speaking up for ourselves because we're so freaking unique everybody has a different accommodation um and only then will they realize, okay,
0: we need to listen to everybody and not make the rules. from. The it's so trash. And it sucks too, because it's like, it's just the organizational structure of a lot of these um, federations, right? Some people don't have all federations by them. Like you might be stuck. You want to lift at a meet on a stage and all you have is USPA or all you have is USAPL or all you have is RPS. You know, they're not everywhere in all states but the people running them locally in your area for the most part it's a small community you know them you know if they're dicks or not like you know if they're trash or not you're you're cool with them or you're not and you might be able to get everything you need on the local level but once you get higher up it's like who are these people why is the vibe different what changed
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: get that. That's what I don't understand. How do you have an organization that doesn't allow things to be scaled? Like,
2: Yeah. But also, I think something else important to note is that you should be able to compete in whatever federation you want to. You shouldn't have to be forced to move to another federation, even if it's so easy for you to move and stuff. Yeah, you should have have to. USPA. So it's like you might be lifting on a deadlift bar and now you have to switch to a power bar. Like there it's more than just switching federations. It's a new rule book. It's traveling further distances. It's money, all of that, because you're being denied an accommodation that you need. It's like everyone deserves equal access to it, regardless of anything. Yeah, that's yeah. such yeah. a
0: great point. Just don't live with them. Like, um, okay, mm-hmm. but That shouldn't even be a sentence that should (laughs) like you shouldn't even be able to say that.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And that's that's the only reason why I continue to fight and like tried so hard still on the legal aspect of it. Like, of course, I had to take a year or two long break from the heartache, but. The year that it started, you know, I was Katie's age. I was in a college team. We started Berkeley Barbell Club, and we had planned to travel to nationals together in Georgia, Atlanta, meet my f- sponsor for the first time. And I had to sit it out, like sit on the bench because I have a disability. Fuck. <laughs> Damn. But shoot, I forgot what I was
0: going to ask you, Katie about powerlifting, you yeah. forgot mm. all right well we're gonna burn some pretend sage for all of these bad feelings <laughs> get, get rid of all that negative energy um, we're gonna take like a quick pause and then come back quick pause all right we're burning sage right now and we're gonna pop a commercial in burn some sage we're gonna come back refreshed All right, all right all right all right we're back we're back good vibes good vibes only it's not toxic positivity we're still mad <laughs> but also there's more good vibes so anyways what'd you remember maybe <laughs> good vibes all the way
1: um that made me think of and I know Katie you're still kind of new to competition but um you don't have to tell us which federation you're competing in however in um the USAPL they created a new division for adaptive athletes oh yeah. if you only had the option to compete in adaptive and didn't have an, like the ability to compete in
0: open because the
1: rule book says so um
0: yeah what I would do you do that. what would you do if you went to the national and they were like okay katie well if you want that then you have to do adaptive division you can't compete in the open
2: i think while an adaptive division is a great idea my accommodation is having you move closer to me to say commands <clears throat> like my accommodation is really not that big of a deal. It's you taking four steps closer to me and then it's good. So I definitely think it's, Great, But then it's also signaling people out out because of a disability and some people don't want attention brought to it and it's other people deciding that attention is going to be brought to it. And I think it'd be very interesting, and I do compete in USAPL, but I think it would be very interesting to see who made the idea to have this this new section. Was it disabled people or was it able-bodied, you know?
0: Oh, it's definitely not disabled folks. Yeah, yep,
2: they didn't ask us. Discrimination no. and like
0: no, yeah. Like, at the t- at the top end, the folks up there don't know what they're doing, and they yeah. don't want to know what they're doing because it's not like people aren't here saying, "Hey, look, I'm disabled. This is how we could do things." Or this, Mary Beth, how long? Or people that are trans that are like, "Hey, what's up? Um, I don't identify with any gender. So here's how we can do things." Like these people exist, but they don't really yeah. care.
2: And then also, like, at a meet, let's say you are competing in this new division, are you competing against yourself because there's no one else registered in it, or are you competing with one other person? It also just decreases the competitive atmosphere of not being able to, and then also, do they get the opportunity to win best lifter, or is there a separate best lifter category? It's just... I get, I understand why they think the idea could be a good, good idea, but like run it by the people that it's affecting.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, one hundred percent. Bottom you know, just run it yep. by
0: them. You, th- you would think that makes sense, but that's not the way things go for some strange reason. Yeah,
1: even just one pass through, like one survey, one questionnaire, you could go to one community. It like will probably have the right answer for y'all, <laughs> but they didn't even try. Yeah, no, I like the idea of providing the option, obviously not requiring that all people identify with a disability, chronic illness, um, anything has to, you know, compete in that that division, just because you're like, you're asking the right questions, Katie, is is there a best lifter? Do they have their own separate categories? They're not going to be separate weight classes for one. It's just no weight class you are in Just adaptive in. that's it uh there aren't any what was it there aren't any like, oh there's no national
2: yeah nothing yeah for you can't, you to can't go be nationally
1: in. um and then you can't there are no records they're not going to are you serious no records is that like outright in the rule book it's almost laughing at us like, we just get
2: a uh, participation That's a, money grab. That's a money grab. That's saying here, come compete with us because we have this thing for you, but we're not going to give you any opportunity to advance, succeed, win anything.
0: <laughs> what? Yeah, it makes uh, no sense. Mm-hmm. Nonsense. I don't get it.
2: I don't yeah. get it at
0: all. And it's, I don't know. Is it a culture thing? Is it the type of people that do powerlifting? Because, I mean, it's it's coming up in other things like CrossFit, Um. I don't know if you know anything about CrossFit, but there's pretty much an organization that was like, "Fuck this, we'll figure it out," and they're called WheelWad, and they did their own—they do their own entirely separate programming. But it's picked up so much steam that now CrossFit is like, "All right, WheelWad, what do you want us to do?" Yeah.
2: And it sucks that it has to reach a level before people start. To yeah. Care. Like you should like, care in the beginning, not because something's gaining traction and all of that. Like yeah, the biggest thing. Why is, is like, oh, wait, it the only? More-
1: They're like more of you exist. Oh
0: wow, I have no (laughs) idea. Oh, you guys could pay for this? All right, let's charge (laughs) them. All right, come in. (laughs) (laughs) Come on down. The price is right. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it makes no sense. It's just bullshit. It's
1: it's performative. It's it's like performative activism, allyship, whatever. Because they're putting a label on it, like, oh yeah, we're inviting RX lifters, we're inviting adaptive lifters. You are not yeah. being discriminated against, except you have to play by our rules. Um, I do understand too. Maybe somebody who is new to powerlifting, um, only heard about it yesterday, it was like, oh wait, there's an adaptive division. That's perfect. Yeah, you know, that's great. Or if they'd never heard of para-lifting, even though um, para-lifting is uh, – para lifting, sorry, is completely different. Um, I think it's entirely uh, – the way that it's run, it's not for necessarily people with all disabilities. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's gaining a lot more traction, at least, in the adaptive
0: uh, – sports i'm just over the narrative of like we have to do something separately on our own and prove Mm -hmm. to people that we're cool and then they'll let us in like yeah let's get old but that's the general theme for everything right like we're just at the point where finally it's disabilities turn like but we, we already did that for like girls in sports right like we already did that for people of color in sports we already did that for like segregation and it's 2021 and we're like just touching disability like like we still didn't even get through the women in sports yet right like
2: yeah yeah. when is this ever gonna end of just putting people down because you think they're not capable it's like uh, anyone should be equal regardless of literally anything why do we have to continuously fight like any type of group you know like be equal you know? that's it simple
0: yeah. done moving on like no, no <laughs> further questions <laughs> like, yeah oh, well man. I mean
1: it's just so I mean obviously it comes from so much misinformation right they're like oh this is going to be too complicated oh it's going to be cost it's going to cost too much I am going to be you know disadvantaged or um, I have to put in extra work to accommodate somebody else no can't be done and it's not
0: even always true like you guys saw the (laughs) basketball thing that happened fairly recently right like the college it was college basketball and then the men's weight room was like an entire fucking squat racks platforms and the women's quote-unquote weight room was just a dumbbell rack oh that happened at umass no no that was um it was the arch badness like ships and it wasn't even and so somebody posted a video and then they came out and they're like oh well there wasn't enough space for the women's weight (laughs) room and that's the only reason and then so someone uploaded a response video showing you all the empty space they had on the women's side and then they they uploaded more videos like it wasn't even just the weight room the food was different (laughs) oh shit (laughs) like what the fuck (laughs) it's the same sport
2: yeah, I mean, it's like, why does it, why is it until it's brought to light through the media that things change? It's like, this, again, like, like like I've been saying, it should be equal from day one. There should not be a single thought about hmm, the men are bigger and stronger and they bring in more money, so that's why they give them more stuff. Like, and also now because of like the internet, women's basketball has like more searches than the men's does. I think because of TikTok and the power of the internet too.
1: Yeah, I bet you they'd pay WNBA players more if they uh played in bikinis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what want to what, see, right?
1: That's what fucking American capitalism
0: is—just objectifying the women and not taking them seriously as athletes. It's some bullshit, man. That's it like looked, powder it puff, like, right? Like worse. Not even even a hotel gym was better than the dumbbell rack they gave them. <laughs> it was so yeah, bad. That's
1: ridiculous. Did oh. y'all ever have a powder puff in like high school? Where you got to play
2: football? Yeah, we did. It was, and then of course it was like the girls played, but then the guys coached us. It's like, yeah. like, how can we coach, coach ourselves? Like, why you gotta join? And I don't know. I think it's a nice idea, but it's powder puff was, it was a mean. It was yeah. a joke. It was oh here you guys can play this male sport for one day and whatever you know.
0: Yeah, I played flag football. That was ours. So you pull flags you don't tackle yeah
1: but that's what I'm trying to say it's like we're just we're just put out there uh for the gaze of the male body or whatever you know (laughs) I wanted to play football seriously powder or flag and that's not what it was out there for it's not what it was intended for
0: yeah there's pro women football leagues out there nowadays and not the bikini one because there is a bikini one mm-hmm. but there are i found some but now i forgot her name and rugby some of the oh strong, yeah rugby's badass women i know are in rugby rugby looks scary for somebody yeah. with spaghetti joints like me <laughs> rugby not would not be a good look um um <laughs> Uh, do you have any interest in other strength sports at all Katie Al- like Olympic lifting strongman throwing um, sports
2: Uh, well I have really bad wrists so I can't even front squat the bar without pain so I don't think o- Olympic lifting would be for me I think you know the clean and enjoy- I don't even know that much about it but I think the <laughs> Oh, they are cool. And I have so much respect for um, people who do that because that's awesome. But no, I think for the most part, I'm going to stick with powerlifting. Maybe I'll go back into bodybuilding a little bit more just to build up the muscle that I have. But I would never do like figure competing or anything like that. I just, I enjoy the strength aspect of it. And I enjoy seeing my numbers improve and like constantly working towards that goal.
0: Well, both of us have tried. Well, Mayor Beth dabbled way more in Oli than I have because she's actually competed. But I've done strongman also. Strongman is fun. You should come to the dark side, throw some stones, flip some tires, throw some logs over your head. It's a great time.
2: Yeah, I've seen They're the stone it. one where they like put it on their knee and then they like throw it over the thing. That's awesome. I, I think that could be fun to do maybe for like a couple days or something, but I don't think I could see myself like actually doing <laughs> it at this sport. but like maybe a couple like trials. I'll
0: just try yeah. it one time like for a, the gram and competitor. then never touch it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one would be some figuring out also because there is a lot of commands.
2: Really? I didn't know that
0: hmm there's a lot of people telling you when you could drop things stop counting telling you when you're getting a no rep
1: but they're really close to you like they follow you from one um area to another right oh yeah the distance right is not
0: you. they're like on top uh-huh.
1: of you they're like you know right you know? there there's no
0: stage there's no like separation so that's that's true
2: yeah and then you could also probably make an accommodation where like instead of standing like to the side of the person like if for hard of hearing stand in front of us instead so that we can read lips too so I think there's definitely like any adaptation that you can make to any sport without it being a big deal you know
0: so this might be a dumb question but does that make you like a pro at multitasking how can you read lips and lift a weight at the same time
2: yeah how? I think, how well I mean I've been good at multitasking my whole life which I definitely think kind of has led to my success in the sense of like I'm very 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 aware of my surroundings all the time and I'm able to do multiple things at once like this is like if I'm cooking or something and someone's talking to me I can do both things at once and be fine so I definitely think it's just a very good sense of awareness and really making sure I know everything that's going on. Hmm.
0: So does that mean when you're going into a new environment, whether we're talking about a new gym or a new classroom, is that something that you have to spend extra time like scoping out and like getting used to like you could just jump into something new or do you need time to adjust?
2: Um, I would say in social situations, particularly if I'm in a group or something, it definitely takes me a little bit of time to warm up. If it's my friends, they understand that, you know, they need to be looking at me when they speak. Don't mumble, don't cover your hands with your face. But if it's a completely new environment with people I've literally never met before, they don't know I'm hard of hearing, it takes a little bit of like actual physical adjusting like, okay, I need to move a little bit to the left, to so that. That way I can read this person's lips and then I need to shift my body back so that I can see them. And also, you know, lighting plays a big part in it, too. So I definitely think there's adaptations in every single environment, but it's definitely a lot easier when the people in the environment know who you are. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and for for this podcast, too, thank you for telling us uh, to ensure that our video had good lighting Um you know, live transcripts are on for the first time here on the zoom call. So that's, that's also really nice. And then for what can we do better? um, When it comes to the pandemic and wearing masks Too, I've got, you know, cousins who are in speech therapy and wear the clear masks. Um, Do you have you liked when people take their mask off and just stand like 12
2: feet away from you when they're speaking? It, the pandemic has been really hard mentally for the whole deaf and hard of hearing community because like we rely on lip reading, that's how we communicate. I, without lip reading, I can only understand 37% of what is said and then everything else is filled in by context clues and lip reading. So to just have that taken away from you is really difficult, but I do like it when people take their mask off and step away. However, I have, because of COVID and stuff, I have really bad anxiety now. So it's the risk of do I want to communicate or do I want to potentially expose myself to COVID? You know, yeah. so it definitely yeah, like it's and it also like it puts the deaf and hard of hearing community more at risk because we. The mask thing is hard for us, and that's the thing that protects us against COVID, but in order to communicate, we have to, you know, make the decision of mask or hearing. So that's helpful. The clear masks are nice. However, not everyone wears them. Um, Not everyone, you know, thinks about the importance of them. And then also, I don't know if there's been any studies done about the effectiveness of clear masks versus regular masks too. Yeah, that's what I'd love
0: to know because I don't even wear fabric mask. I wear like straight up N95 mask and I don't think there's clear
2: oh yeah because i went- of those. No, no. I went to the um ENT and um I had to t- and I had like a sinus problem. So I had to take my mask off. She wore a clear mask for like the initial consultation of the appointment, but then she had to put the N95 on while my mask was off. Obviously for her safety, like I'd rather her feel more comfortable than have a clear mask Mm -hmm. and then so I couldn't understand anything that she was saying during the actual appointment so then after it was done she then had to go back and change put a clear mask on so it's just a lot of adaptations that come along with it
0: right and is there any time that go ahead Mary Beth
1: well just you know there's there's speech to text we've got this freaking technology at the palm of our hands where everywhere we go I, I just remember traveling internationally and even when I couldn't communicate in like Thai or Mandarin, um, there are apps that you can speak into, it'll translate it for you or just writing it down, you know, and communicating for customer service, we would, um, if, if we didn't have our ASL employee, um, you know, ASL interpreter employee there, um, writing it down is also somewhat helpful especially yeah. with the masks
2: on. Yeah, um, I definitely like the writing the, it down. I do that a lot at doctor's appointments. I also got like a little pin that says I'm hard of hearing. I can't read lips. And I wear that if I go anywhere so that they notice it. But then that's also the whole conversation of, do I want to disclose my disability?
0: <sighs> right, yeah. right. To I'm everyone. in the mood today. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it, it's like, do I want to have the talk of I'm hard of hearing I can't lip read can you please pull down your mask for me so that's difficult and then also like with the speech to text people are going to be like why why are you recording me you know like then you have to disclose it too no I need this to communicate so it's like again you got to pick and choose is this worth it to me to hear am I just gonna not hear this conversation and move on you know and I would
0: think I would think that's even more anxiety because how many people what's the first thing they're going to do when they're talking to you and they don't hear you they're going to touch you
2: yeah I'm like, I'm lucky that I've been I'm very outgoing I don't have a problem with speaking up for myself but even me it gets exhausting and it gets tiring to literally have to do it every single time I leave my house like, all
0: the time forever is a lot yeah yeah it's a lot and how has it been with your college business
2: yeah um it's been disability services has been decent um in the spring when we first transitioned to online it took me five weeks to get my lectures captioned which is absolutely ridiculous and they said they were working on it and Nothing got done, eventually my mom had to literally contact the dean and be like, my daughter is literally failing this class right now because she doesn't have what she needs. Get your shit together and get my daughter what she needs. Because I like to advocate for myself, but it was getting to the point where I was like, okay, I need to put my mom in to scare these people because clearly it's not working for me. And then, so what I do is for any um, asynchronous, like just recorded lectures, um, those get closed captioned. And then, um, anything live, I use the Zoom captions that I'm looking at right now, or I use um, CART captioning, which is just a person who types out the words that people are saying, which is nice. Um, and then in the fall, it was a little bit better um, with more speed to get the stuff, but it, it's still a fight and it sucks that like, I, I had to send like six emails a day in the beginning of the semester just to get what I need. Like, you shouldn't have to put disabled people through the stress just to be able to get it. Like it should be, hey, we're disability services. What do you need? And let's get it to you. It's quickly. Let up. us
0: provide you the service. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Good job. You know what yeah. pisses me off even more about that is the fact that, like, okay, Zoom is new for everyone, right? Fine. There's buttons suppress. Like, what do we do? I don't know. Like, you know, you wanted to use Google Me. I didn't know how to use Google Me and shit happened. Like, you know, fine. But the second that you're like, hey, I need some transcription help, there's live transcription things that you can use. Like I took, I I've, I've taken tons of classes where they use like otter and all you have to do is open Zoom on one and then you put otter on the side. Boom, live trans. Like these things exist
2: yeah they didn't have to yeah.
0: create anything out of nowhere like they just had to add something extra I don't understand five well, and,
1: and it's not new I mean you're not the first uh, you, I mean I hope you weren't the, the first apparently. deaf or she hard was. of hearing student at you it's a really big school yeah is major
2: yeah and, and I definitely understand the learning curve of this is the first time we've all had to like shove everything online with barely any notice. But then it's like, okay, you get a pass for the spring semester, but what about the fall and the following spring? Why is it still such a struggle? It's like, okay, you've had a year to figure this out. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's like we're, it's always, we're always adapting and changing. You adapt and change along with it to make it easier and do your damn job, you know?
1: Mm. Well, oh, not to God. mention all of accommodations that the world has been getting because of the (laughs) pandemic that people with disabilities were asking for long ago, right? Oh, all of a sudden we can work from home. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden we can uh, tune in via Zoom.
0: We could do interviews virtually. You don't have Uh to hop on a plane for this job.
2: Wow. Mm -hmm. And with Zoom too, like it took them so long to figure out closed captioning. Like why why is it a pandemic that makes you do it? You've been, I don't know how long Zoom has been around, but probably long enough where they should have been figured out like years ago, you know, like, why is it now?
0: Yeah, it makes no sense. There's third party apps that have been doing it this whole time. They've just never, they've just been like, mm, who cares?
2: Yeah. And then also you like only paid accounts could access it for a while now. Like that's, what about people why who do don't it? have to afford it. it? Like they deserve access too, you know? <laughs>
0: Uh, it makes no sense to me. The things that they decide to charge for, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Because those third-party apps aren't free either. You know, they've been around and they've been doing the live transcription and closed caption. They'll transcribe your videos, blah, blah, blah. But that shit ain't free either. Yeah. Like it's expensive being disabled, damn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm and too- the and and other, um, I don't know, other adaptive tools that are out there, uh, the ones that help you open jars or cans easier, um, they're typically a lot, a lot more expensive. Like, you are still not an accessible company if you're gonna have to charge hundreds or thousands of dollars for your accommodation
0: no nope. you know speaking of of like stuff you have to buy how do how do hearing aids work because i don't know anything about it. all i know is like physical stuff i know about wheelchairs you know i know about braces and that's a mess is getting hearing aids a mess
2: yeah um it's very weird with insurance um I am very fortunate that I have wonderful insurance through my mom's work because she worked for, she worked at UMass Law. So she had um, insurance through the state, which was wonderful. And um, I got new hearing aids every five years. It was always covered. And then something changed with insurance. And at one point I was able to get them every three years, but now it's back to five. Five years is about how long hearing aids work. And hearing aids are expensive. Like I think this pair that I'm wearing right now was like upwards of $9,000, maybe more. And then also a, and they, they last five years. So it's like, it's an investment. And then there's batteries that cost like 20 bucks for a pack of like six cases. Batteries last every they die every like three to four days. There's audiology visits, there's, and then if you need speech therapy and all of that, like the costs add up and insurance is very picky when it comes to, oh, well, is this necessary to help the person's quality of life or is this something that could enhance it, you know? And it's like, stop forcing, like stop, stop deciding for people what they need and what they don't need. It's like, If a person needs hearing aids, they need hearing aids and it's gonna help their quality of life. So pay for it, you know? Yeah. If the technology
1: is out there, why not just share it with people who need it?
2: They don't want to
0: pay for shit. If you have some braces, they want to give you the clunky old school braces. If some new company comes out and they're like, look at these, they'll be like, no, you don't need them. Just get the cheaper ones. Mm, The most most basic ones where it will not necessarily
1: improve your quality of life.
0: Does that happen for the hearing aids also? Are there like better ones, but they want you to get the cheaper basic ones?
2: Well, I've seen because I'm on, I'm in like a couple Facebook groups for people with hearing loss, and there's so many posts of people being like, "I need hearing aids, but like I can't afford it, so like I'm gonna get ones from Costco, or I'm gonna see if I can get secondhand ones, which are obviously cheaper." But hearing aids are not one size fits all, and they're very customized to the individual, and because there's also different degrees of hearing loss, there's different degrees of hearing aids and loudness and amplification so it's Mm like based on your economic status you might have and also the less powerful hearing aids obviously cost less so it's like you might need something stronger but you can't afford it so you have to get something weaker and you're still spending a lot of money but it's not going to work perfectly for you so some people just decide well oh if it's not going to give me like better hearing i'm just not going to bother you know man and did you say that was nine grand
1: before or after insurance
2: um before so like insurance always covers it for me I've never had to okay. pay for hearing aids at all sometimes we've had to pay for like ear molds and batteries which it's like a hundred bucks but it's it's really not like that much yeah, but it's the with whole nine. Aids, they're expensive and then also <sighs> yeah and like they break down and you need to get repairs sometimes that costs money so it's just people are being put at a disadvantage because they Mm-mm. don't have for this and
0: how does it work with sweat um, i can't imagine yeah. living in florida and being human sweating all over my hearing aids and then they're like up oh, three more years like yeah. what the
2: fuck <laughs> yeah. yeah so i had um waterproof hearing aids for a little bit but they would die after like 30 minutes because once water gets in the battery compartment they die anyway so it wasn't Not waterproof at all yeah, yeah, they have the the That's little holes I'm that you need to
0: hear, through. like an asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: and um, I have water resistant, so like if I'm sweating, it'll be fine. Um, but like if I was playing outdoors in the rain or something, they would die. To my whole life, it's kind of been like avoid water as much as you can. <sighs> you don't Damn. break them or anything like that.
1: Right. But yeah, we know that deaf and hard of hearing swimmers exist, water polo athletes, swimmers, just like,
0: um, so you just got to take them off and move on without them. But
1: But there are like cues and whistles as well, too, when you're in the water.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely mm. depends on, like, the person's degree of hearing loss. So, like, some people have some residual hearing so they can hear a little bit, so they can probably hear that whistle or something with me. I can't, so I've never had any interest with water sports or anything like that, because it's just, like, I want to be able to participate like everyone else, and we can make accommodations, but there's only so many accommodations that can be met beyond, like, the actual limit of disability, you know? Mm. Man. Ah,
1: damn. Mm. It's
2: kind of why I chose Some soccer. <laughs> like, I, don't
1: I got my hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh. And well, I mean, no, that's a big deal. Right. Because there's there's tons of um, uh, jobs. Out. There are a ton of jobs out there, too, that we have to consider. Like, I always wanted to be a surgeon. Can't be a surgeon. I played baseball a lot growing up, but I didn't feel as though I could be as competitive. Obviously that's wrong, that's false. Um, mm-hmm. But you, I don't know, You, it's it's like, ugh, you go into life with so much fear and anxiety that you will fail um, at some of these things. And it's, all it takes is just a little more accommodation in yeah. all of these industries.
0: It just sucks because every day, every day, regular stuff. You're already exhausted, so it's like, all right, do I want to do this thing, and be more exhausted? Maybe have some fun, or maybe I'll just skip it because I'm tired. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like something extra we always have to think about. Yeah, or be the first one, right? Like Mm. being the first one is tiring by itself too. Then you get to be like spokesperson for the disabled. Like, yeah that's annoying too
1: the disabled <laughs>
0: the disabled <laughs> oh man well Anyways. thank you for sharing everything <laughs> you have, katie we learned a lot i didn't i don't know anything about hearing aids so all of that was totally new for me um is there anything else that you wanted to share with listeners whether they are deaf or hearing or anything women or not i don't know yeah
2: um okay. like how to accommodate for the deaf and of hearing and kind of talk a little bit about the importance of closed captioning um because closed captioning has for so sure long been seen as optional and you can do it if you want to but it's it's a necessity and you need to start incorporating closed captioning into your content it helps the deaf and hard of hearing but it also if you're watching the video it helps people who can't watch it with sound because they might be in public. It can help, I don't know, moms with babies who don't want to wake the babies up. Um, It can help your search engine optimization because they're going to pull those keywords from your closed captioning. Um, It helps so many more people and people without whose like the language that you're speaking in isn't their first language. Like it helps so many more people beyond what you might think. And so it's so, so, so important to start closed captioning your content. And I know that Instagram is starting to roll out a closed captioning feature for its stories. I think TikTok is also doing that. I know you can type your own captions on YouTube. There's a lot of options to be able to do it. And it's so, so important.
0: Yeah. And definitely somebody that is not deaf or hard of hearing, like I need, I need captions and subtitles. Like I can't just watch you talk to me <laughs> like it doesn't No. <laughs> yeah like I'm gonna read everything you say before you finish saying it and that's the way my brain works so I, I definitely appreciate that point like
2: yeah yeah it's just it's so important to do what you can and also as a person without hearing loss to recognize the privilege that you have of being able to access things yeah. without post- captioning and that like you need to do your part so that everyone can access it.
0: Definitely agree. Thank you again, Katie, for hopping on yeah. and bearing with us as we try to figure out how we can talk to you. Of course. It's new for us. And that was not that hard. Do it no. again. Not hard at all. You just held our hand. That's all we need. That's all we needed. I said hand, Mary Beth. Did you catch that? Uh, I you, you did say hand. I got, I got you this time. <laughs> All right, disabled girls out.